Hey guys, welcome to another episode. Okay, so this episode is titled, Where's Your Focus? You'll see how, in a minute, how it ties to the previous two episodes involving Jesus, a boat, and his disciples. But more about that later. Can you imagine how disastrous it would be if a NASCAR driver moving at 200 miles an hour was easily distracted by things going on around them? How about people driving down the road texting and looking at social media? We are all well aware of the damage that can be caused by a distracted driver. What we focus on matters. Whether we are driving down the road, in a classroom, in a competition, trying to move up in your career, etc. We, where we put our focus says a lot about who we are and what's important to us. Now, anyone that performs at a high level understands that allowing things to distract them from the finish line or from their goals or purpose will only result in disappointment. If we focus on the chaos around us or we focus on what everyone else is doing, we will become overwhelmed, discouraged, worried, anxious, and ultimately disappointed when we come up short. The same thing is true in our relationship with Jesus, and that is what I want to dig into today. I hope you're ready to fill your spirit and renew your mind with God's truth. Are you ready? Let's go. Today we are going to take a look at another story about Jesus, the disciples, and a boat. This epic event is laid out for us in Matthew 14, 22 through 33. Verse 22 says, Then Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on to the other side of the lake, while he sent the people away. After sending the people away, he went up a hill by himself to pray. When evening came, Jesus was there all alone. And by this time, the boat was far out in the lake and was being tossed by the waves because the wind was blowing against it. So these guys were having a hard time crossing the lake. The waves were knocking them around. The wind was fighting them. And basically, a storm. You know, and the and the rough it was rough waters, and they were just having a hard time getting across the lake, and they were just being tossed all over the place. Have you ever felt like that? Like it just feels like, man, you're just being tossed around by the wind and the waves, like like you're in rough waters and you just cannot seem to get where you're trying to go, and it just feels like you're just being, you know, knocked around and and tossed around all over the place. You know, but to give you a little backstory, you know, Jesus had just finished feeding the 5,000 and, you know, with the, with the fish and the bread. Um, but that's another story. But he had just finished feeding the 5,000 and immediately he, he made the disciples go ahead without him and begin making their way across the lake. Then Jesus goes off to pray, you know, showing us that even Jesus demonstrates the importance of time alone with God. But you notice he did not rush out there to his disciples. It was it was several hours before Jesus went to them, even though he knew that he was sending them into rough waters. Sometimes it may seem like Jesus is just stalling. You might be wondering, like Jesus, what is going on? Why, like, do you, I know you hear me, Lord? I know you hear me, but it just seems like. Sometimes it'll just seem like he is stalling and and you and you wonder like Jesus, why are you not coming to my aid now? But know this, 
He is always right on time. He is never late. But that doesn't mean he won't stretch your faith in the process. And I assure you, if you're anything like me, he most certainly will stretch your faith in that process. When you feel like he's stalling, he's just saying, not yet. I'll be there, but I'll be right on time. And sometimes that waiting on him definitely stretches your faith. Now, the disciples are caught in rough waters. And, you know, this is, again, they're caught in rough waters. But this time, they don't have Jesus in the boat. So I imagine they're probably, you know, a little worried and concerned and not sure what to do. You know, this shows us that sometimes Jesus will send us out into rough waters. And you may feel like he isn't there. But remember this. You may ask God uh, why do you send me into rough waters? And think about this. Like Sometimes you may say, God, why did you send me out in these rough waters? And he says, because your enemies can't swim. So Jesus waits from you know, evening to early morning, between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. before he goes to them. He waits. And you know, they have to be thinking, why are you having? Why? Why are we out here being tossed around? And Jesus is back there on land. I mean, they don't have him in the boat with them, but it doesn't matter. Jesus is—he—he's showing us that you know, even when God sends us in rough waters, it maybe it maybe it is because our enemies can't swim. Think about that. But Jesus knows. He that may sending you out there may may destroy the enemy that pursues you, but Jesus knows ultimately he'll be there to rescue you. He won't let anything happen to you. So Jesus waits until several hours later before he goes to them. The disciples were getting knocked around and the boat was getting tossed by the wind and, and waves for hours and they were in need of help. Then Jesus appeared. Verse 25, between 3 and 6 o'clock in the morning, so it was in the early hours of the morning, Jesus came to the disciples walking on the water. When they saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and screamed with fear. Jesus spoke to them at once. Take courage, he said. It is I. Don't be afraid. Okay, so time out. I have to say this. I'm sure things were serious and all, but if I were Jesus, as soon as I heard them say, it's a ghost, I would have said, boo, and probably would have laughed at their reaction. I mean, that would have been a savage prank to pull on the disciples, and I would have laughed a little too hard, I'm sure. But all jokes aside, Jesus shows us that you know that he sees our struggles and he will cross an ocean to rescue you. He will defy logic or the laws of nature and walk on water to get to you. When we need him, he will be there and nothing can separate you from him or keep him from getting to you. That, my friend, is powerful and, it's, and it fills me with such hope about facing any storm. Notice that they did not recognize him and they became afraid. I mean, I'm sure they were not expecting him to show up walking on water, but Jesus, unlike some of us, 
has compassion on them and identifies himself and speaks words of encouragement to them. So unlike the the joke that I would try to pull on them, Jesus has compassion on them and sees the fear that they have, you know, and he encourages them. Notice that anytime Jesus gets involved, he casts out fear and speaks hope and encouragement into, into people and into their faith. Anyways, the next part is what I want to give special focus to. Verse 28, then Peter spoke up, Lord, if it is really you, order me to come out on the water to you. Come, answered Jesus. So Peter got out of the boat and started walking on the water to Jesus. But when he noticed a strong wind, he was afraid and started to sink down in the water. Save me, O Lord, he cried. At once Jesus reached out and grabbed hold of him and said, What little faith do you have? Why do you doubt? Okay, Peter's a nut. Like, this dude's crazy anyway. Definitely one of my favorite characters. But he's, he's so bold. And, you know, and, and he's the only one that even had the faith to step out of the boat, you know, into the waters. So, okay, so Peter, because, you know, this guy, such a cool guy. But because I'm not, I'm not getting, look, hey, look if this was me, I'm not getting out of the boat in the middle of the sea in a storm if I'm not sure it's Jesus. Like he he says, if it's you, call me and I'll come. But I, I'm not. There's not gonna be no if. I'm gonna know it's Jesus first before I step out of a out of a boat out in the middle of the ocean into the water. I'm just saying. But Jesus indulges Peter, but you know, with this request because of his faith. It does. I don't know if it even dawns on him that he is about to defy all science, all physics, laws of nature. He's going to step out of a boat and step right onto water. But he's but his eyes are focused on Jesus and you know he steps out of that boat and Peter walks on water. This is really epic to me because it shows us that when we focus on him, he will give us the faith to do the impossible, to defy what others believe is possible. But this passage comes with a warning. When Peter took his eyes off Jesus, he sank. In other words, when Peter became focused on the storm instead of Jesus, the storm tried to consume him. Just like in yesterday's message, the disciples focused on the storm and not the calmer of the storm. They became afraid and that fear tried to consume them, so much so that they had to shake Jesus and wake him up, right? They thought they were going to die. Now, when Peter began to focus on the storm, he started drowning. But look at the compassion of Jesus, even though they lost focus and let the storm create doubt when they cried out for help in both cases, yesterday's message and today's message. When they cried out for help, Jesus immediately stretched out his hand and saved them. If you ever lose heart and let your focus slip and you feel overwhelmed like the storm is consuming you, all you need to say is, Jesus, help me. And he will reach out at once and grab hold of you and deliver you in your time of need. You know, in closing, when Jesus grabs Peter and gets in the boat, the storm dissipates and the winds become calm. And once again, Jesus shows us that he is the calm in the storm. And all we need 
is to stay focused on Him, and no storm will ever overtake us. God, we love you so much. We thank you for your word. I pray, God, that you will just strengthen our faith today and that you will give us the ability to stay focused on you. I pray that our minds will be uh, re- renewed. You know, that, uh, I pray that our spirits will be filled with, with your love and your, your mercy. And, and I pray that, God, as we go forward today, that we will remain focused on you and not the chaos around us, and not the storm around us. I pray that we will not be distracted by all the hate in the world. I pray that we will not be distracted by the the leadership in this country or the, the, the division and just all of the animosity and everything going on, Lord. There's so much chaos in this world right now and so much distraction. I pray that we will renew our focus and keep our eyes on you because you promise if we stay focused on you, we can defy the odds. If we stay focused on you, you will calm the storm. And God, I pray that we will keep that focus and let you be that peace in our life, that clarity when others see so much distraction. Keep us focused, Lord, today on you and use us in a mighty way. We love you. Amen.